0: Is this thing on? Okay, awesome. Well, good evening. Thank you all for being here. All the uh, masked saints that are out there, I appreciate your attendance and the unmasked saints, by the way. Uh, when when we were asked to uh, to give a talk to to talk about a, a New Testament character, I started looking at all the list, all the you know the great names that people were taking. I'll take this. I'll take the. I'll take John. I'll take the, uh, and this kind of thing. And I said you know there's no women on that list so uh, i don't know you're probably like me there have been godly women in your life who have strongly influenced your path the path that you're on so i said i'm going to pick a godly woman who i can talk about and this evening i'd like to talk about mary magdalene a uh, very interesting character when you look at it because you don't you you you've, re- you've read about her but you may not uh, know about her, and some of the lessons that we can pull from uh, from the life of Mary Magdalene. So before we get started, uh, or as we get started, we're going to take a little trip from Montgomery. let see if I can do this. YouTube shows me actually moving the globe. So I did that little movie magic. It doesn't look like anything here. But we're going to go back to... Magdala. And Magdala is a city, is a coastal city right uh, on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. It was known for uh, great fishing. In fact, uh, one of its names was Fish Tower. But Magdala itself means tower. Uh, And this was a very industrious city. It was very thriving. Uh, There were some some historians that believe that a lot of exporting of smoked fish uh, this is the actual uh, they, they just unearthed this uh, just a, a couple of decades ago, a few decades ago and and they have continued to unearth parts of Magdala, the original city uh, site so they so this was a wonderful, thriving city. Well, this is where Mary was from. you know we always said uh, Mary Magdalene, like Mrs. Magdalene, but it would be like uh, Mike Montgomery you know it 's kind of like that's that same thing. It was Mary of. Magdala or Mary the Magdalene, or um, but she was just commonly known as Mary Magdalene, but that was really the city she was from. So she was from the city of Magdala. That's what we know about her. We also know that she was, uh, she was cured of seven demons. Very interesting. In Luke 8, 2, it says, also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene from the from whom seven demons had been had come out had Jesus had cast out now whether uh, you, the there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible could this have been literally seven demons? yes, could it have been an interpretation of some illness a lot of times uh in today we're speculating that could that have been some physical or mental illness that was going on during that time that caused them to act demonic in that way. Being healed just the same, whether it was a literal demon or whether it was uh, the sense of being demonic, uh, she was healed of seven demons. And seven being, you know, a complete, meaning complete uh, in Bible uh, uh, figurative uh, And this could have been a, she was completely engrossed in some ailment, mental, physical, or could have just been a simple literal translation of seven demons, regardless she was healed. of the, That's what we do know. We also know that she traveled with Jesus and the apostles. Luke 8, 1-3. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The, uh, the twelve were with Him. And also some women who have been cured of evil, diseases, evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But these were these were not servants. These were not the lowest rung uh, humanity, you know, in, in society of that day. These were society women. The uh, Herod's, the manager of King Herod's household. His wife was on this crusade with them, uh, and some have speculated. It is not specific in scripture, but some have speculated that Mary was she was well-to-do herself. She had means. That is literal. That is from the translation or from the Bible because the women supported the work of Jesus and his apostles with their means. Now that had to be some physical means. I could see meal preparations and this kind of thing, but it also had to do with uh, the the financial means there were you know it wasn't free to live it hasn't ne- it's never been free to live in any time and place, not really, but the fact that they traveled they had to go from town to town that means they needed lodging did jesus did he sleep under a tree all the time i don't think so somebody had to make those arrangements so it stands to reason that the women that were helping to support them. We're also traveling with them so they could have been making some of these arrangements for them going you know maybe even going ahead and finding like a I work uh, the, the place where I work. we have a whole uh, uh, department dedicated to travel. Uh, it's called destinations. It's just a, it's a subset of our but, it, but that department their job is to uh, look down the road and say we need a meeting place. And we need hotels, and we need meals, and we need a place for events. And, we, and they do all of this planning ahead of the, the meeting actually going on. Isn't it interesting to think about, well, did, Jesus was going to a city. The apostles were going with him to a city. Did, uh, did, was there any prep work done? Was there anything done that uh, that, they went, that, uh, they, that those went ahead of them? and spoke. It's very interesting to think about that because I, I, I've not really thought about it until I was really digging into uh, the character Mary Magdalene. Uh, she cared for Jesus and the apostles as I was just talking about. Matthew 27, 55, and 56 says, Many women were there watching from a distance, they, they had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Which is interesting because you could have just said Zebedee's wife. But no, they said the mother of Zebedee's sons. I'm assuming that was his wife. I don't know. We'll have to see. But anyway, uh, n- note, the, uh, note the order in which you see Mary Magdalene's name. It has also been speculated, not specific, not literally uh, uh, told in Scripture, but that Mary Magdalene could have been kind of a leader of the ladies. She's always listed uh, first in the order of how the ladies are given, with the exception of during the crucifixion, Mary, uh, Joseph, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is listed first during the crucifixion, but all the other times it seems that Mary Magdalene is listed first. So uh, you could say that there's a hierarchy, could be interpreted that there's a hierarchy. Not that that's been uh, literally uh, put in Scripture, but it's just interesting to see that maybe there's a reason that she, has li- she is listed first each time. So she and the other ladies uh, cared for Jesus and the apostles. They watched out for them. They took care of them. Uh, she also witnessed the crucifixion. This is a very interesting point in history, as the Gospels will tell us. Uh, Mark 15, 40, and 41 says, Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and, uh, and Joseph, and Solomon. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him... Uh, to Jerusalem were also there, so they were there in attendance to the crucifixion. It's also interesting to see that uh, even after uh, the crucifixion, it seemed the women were still there. And uh, again, uh, just commentary I've read, and it, it could have been that the that the apostles had scattered that at that point, fearing the Roman government, fearing uh, the reprisals of the people at that time, but. Uh, it does specifically mention that some of the women stayed even after the crucifixion. So that's what dedication that is. And uh, also, uh, or next, uh, so she was there at the crucifixion. She was also there uh, during the burial time. Now, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, of course, went to, to Pontius Pilate and said, I need, uh, give me Jesus' body. Who And, and he was shocked that, Jesus had already died at that hour, but this was the day of preparation, they called it, the day before the Sabbath. So you had to get, you know, you know by the law of the land, you had to get all your affairs in order because there was, you were so limited in what you could do during the Sabbath itself. So uh, it was getting close to the end of, of the day of preparation. So uh, Joseph took the body of Jesus he, he wrapped him in linens. They put him in the tomb uh, that was hewn from rock, uh, and rolled the stone there. Now that wasn't a proper burial, but that was uh, that was what they could do in the time that they had left. So what? Uh, so she saw she and the other lady. So they saw where uh, Jesus had been buried, and they were uh, and they took note of that. Uh, so. After that, and, and uh, that was Mark fifteen forty six and 47, so Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, placed it in a tomb, uh, cut out of rock, and then rolled the stone against the entrance of the tomb. So we know that the, the, uh, the ladies were there and watching this event take place. And uh, after that, though, uh, let's say the Sabbath was over. Then the next day, the first day of the week, uh, Mary Magdalene and, uh, and other ladies were gathering all the spices, all things. They were really going back to give Jesus a proper burial, to give him the, the kind of burial that, uh, that everyone else at that time would have had, uh, probably better linens, but certainly uh, uh, spices and, and other things that would be uh, placed on the body. And they were preparing to do that, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, Saw that he's laid. So in Luke 23 55 and 56, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee and followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it, then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath day in obedience with the commandment, the day of preparation. So we know that they followed the law as it was written at the time and they were prepared to do that. So so the next day, the first day of the week, what do you think they did? Of course, they were getting all the spices, uh, all of the uh, different fragrances that they needed to have, and they were going back to the tomb. But what do you think they got they saw when they got there? First day of the week, the third day after the after the crucifixion. Well, Jesus, of course, had risen. they They even talked this is interesting to me that along the way, they were talking and they said, they were, they were so uh, dedicated to loving Jesus, to preparing Him, to giving, giving Him a proper burial that they, they did not even realize until they were on their way that somebody's got to roll that stone away. Somebody's got to take care of that. Who are we going to get to do that? They didn't even know. So they were going along. But once they got there, they realized that the, uh, the stone was no longer there. Let's read in Luke 24, 1 through 8. The women bow down. Now I, I mean, I'm not laughing at this, but it is kind of interesting. Um, I will talk about Karen, my wife, for just a moment, who is the most easily scared person. You can scare her very easily, and and here's the the craziest part. If if I I go in and I just I just flop down on the bed, I'm just resting on the bed, you know, fully clothed. It's a it's a white Sheet, so I'm whatever I'm dressed in, it's contrasting with whatever the blanket is on there. And Karen, Karen will come in the room, and I go, Hey, and she'll go, ah! She'll it's much louder, much more intense. Our dog Chloe just comes. I'm sorry, what there's a fire alarm going off? I don't know, but uh, she's very easily so. Can you imagine how frightening it would be to be in a tomb, a darkened tomb? It's all dark, it's quiet, it's eerie. By the way, it's a tomb. And then these two gleaming guys show up. How are you doing? Ah! You know, I could just see just just jumping out of their skin. That's That would be uh, interesting to see uh, as long as I wasn't in there, the one being scared. So the women bowed down their faces uh, to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered His words. So, it, it, isn't that interesting? They they had followed Jesus and, and heard His teachings the whole time. He had said this to them. He had said this to them as a group or as individuals, but He said this earlier that, uh, you know, the. the the temple can will be raised in 3 days all of these these the symbolic words that said that he was going to to rise again but it's just it's hard to believe it's hard to take that in when when something that fantastic is said to you and so much of what jesus said went over the heads of those that he was speaking to and really speaking directly to us today but it, when he said these things uh, they, they did not understand fully what he was talking about. So then, like, like the apostles, as we find out when they go and try to tell them, that everyone thought the same thing. He's gone. He's never coming back. What a hopeless situation that would be in if the one that you had followed, the one that you knew was the Son of God, had performed all of these miracles, and then all of a sudden, he's just gone. And you're left without, without anyone. And and yet he told you the whole time, I'm coming back, I'm coming back to this earth. How interesting it is that even uh, today uh, we kind of do the same thing when we when we look at our lives, we uh, we look at uh, at God as so far away from us, not not next to us, not with us. The the decisions we make, uh, the, this crazy time that we're living in, uh, this this is a time that we should be holding ourselves. Pulling ourselves closer to God, and not not pulling away, not not walling ourselves off from Him, and how wonderful it is that we're able to come here and meet, uh, even in these odd circumstances, spaced comfortably apart. Uh, but isn't it wonderful that we're able to do that? To uh, as I've always I've always said, Wednesday night that's when you get your batteries recharged. Uh, you get a good fix on Sunday, and then Monday. Tuesday Wednesday you start you start wearing out a little bit and then you you know but when you get to Wednesday it's that it's that battery recharge that can get you through to the weekend and back to Sunday but uh but Mary Mary and uh the other ladies and uh the the apostles were all like this they they had they had kind of uh given up the story is done for them interesting very interesting um also uh or next uh was the, uh, Mary was the first one that uh, Jesus uh, appeared to. Mark sixteen nine through 11 When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Interesting note, the first person that He appeared to was Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with Him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. So this woman who was a leader uh, among the the women of the group that took care of him day in and day out, took care of the apostles day in and day out, when when she came to them and told them that she had seen Jesus, they didn't believe her. They had to, uh, other things had to transpire for them to do it. And then, of course, Peter jumps up and runs to the tomb, you know, to try to find out for himself. But they, we have all of these other events that happen. But uh, I just, I find it wonderfully noteworthy that Mary Magdalene was the one to bring them that message, that news that Jesus had, in fact, risen, as he said he would. These are very interesting, but these are, this is the bulk of what, now, Mary is, uh more than likely not the sinful woman who washed Jesus feet with her hair there was speculation of that uh and and there are so many other things uh there were um there were thoughts that she was possibly a uh, lady of the evening if you're too old google that but please be careful uh <laughs> don't google that but that she uh uh she was of ill repute, let's say. That she had a that she did not have a good reputation. The kids are right here. I just can't. Uh so uh but but all of these that there, there's nothing to back these, this these arguments. But but even what we just read, just these few articles that we read and just what we know about her, what what a wonderful, inspiring woman that that she was. Now uh did did you ever did you ever think about how Jesus traveled? I, ne- I never really did. I assumed when I saw the flannel graph that when I was a kid that was put up on my little school board, you know, uh it was a picture of a felt Jesus and a pile of felt apostles stuck on the little felt board, uh the flannel graph, as I love to call it, uh and and it was on there and it was just them. It was the twelve, and it was just Jesus. But isn't it, isn't it just so interesting that there had to be more? There had to be an entourage that traveled with Jesus because they, they were, were they going to beg for every meal that they had? Were they just going to assume that, you know, yes, a miracle could have happened every single time at every single meal. But I don't think that was the point of Jesus being here just to use His miracles to feed His apostles. So these ladies who took care of them out of their own means... They did all of this wonderful work for them. They were the the infrastructure or the entourage that took care of Jesus. Uh, and um, I, I'm reminded of I just uh, I I work for Alpha and we just finished shooting some commercials, which is really an interesting process uh, because you see the finished product on TV, but behind the scenes there there were approximately we shot several. 30-second commercials. Uh, one took all day That for one 30-second commercial. And so we shot um, four commercials. So that was four days, four entire days that we spent shooting one commercial each day in different cities. So the group there, the, uh, the crew, had to bring in special lighting, uh, special uh, Diffusion, you know, to, for the lights, any kind, of, any kind of special thing to make the lighting just perfect. There were uh, someone to do makeup. There was someone for wardrobe. Uh, there were, there was a guy there. His his uh, job was to uh, make sure the extras, the, all the people that were in the in the shot, were there as well. Uh, and there was a producer. There was a director. There was a there's a guy, and he, his his name we just call him Mongo. That's I don't even know what his actual name is, but he's always just been called Mongo. And Mongo's job was to set up a track, a huge track that this huge little dolly went on, and you put the camera on, and his job was to do this. Cut. Action. Action. That was the bulk of, of, that was his, I mean, he did other things, but that was his main job, to push that dolly smooth so the camera looked good, so the angles looked good. That was a huge, uh, it, it's a huge undertaking to do something like that. And, and there's script writers, and, there's, uh, and now they're in the process of editing and putting music in and graphics and all these different things. Uh, it's a big production. Now think about that. It, that, there had to be some form of production or some form of entourage for Jesus to move about. It's interesting to 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 think about it that way. It was much bigger than I pictured on my flannel graph. You know, it it was a much bigger event. So, uh the the fact that more people were involved in his ministry, in his active ministry than we seem to give credit for. We, the apostles get all, you know, a lot of the credit. Jesus of course gets his amount of credit. But let's not forget those behind the scenes that we don't always see that do the work. Uh so what about today? Today, we are the entourage of Jesus. That's us. That's our job. Some of us have more active roles. Some of us will be in front of people. Some of us will get up on the podium and speak and sing and pray. Some of us will get at the table and we'll do those things during the active worship. But how about in during these times? There's so much more that we can do, That uh, but are we doing it? We need to edify each other. Uh, the, the elderly that, are, uh, that have been stuck at home this whole time, uh, we need to make sure we reach out to them. So what role are you playing today in, in uh, God's entourage or in the, in the entourage of Jesus that you are a part of? Are you uh, more or less... This is, sounds like a, a polling question. Are you more or less active than you were before COVID? Uh, are you more or less likely to be active now that you know that you're not as active before from the previous question, now that we have COVID. So think about Examine yourself. I, I have to do this myself. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. And you get to hear me talking to me. But what are we doing? What can we do to make sure the church remains strong? Don't you know that the elders every night have gone to bed praying that the church will remain. You've heard, uh, was it uh, Nevada? Uh, yeah, the church in Nevada tried to meet uh, in, and the they went all the way to the Supreme Court and the governor said, no, you cannot meet. And that trial went, that, uh, went all the way. To, and so the Supreme Court said, no, you can't assemble unless it's uh, 10 people or less or some small tiny number that you could meet in Nevada. And, just opposite of that, they've opened the casinos up, by the way, in Nevada, but they won't allow church to meet. Very interesting. The, these are the times that we, we really have to examine that how much is the devil playing in this? What, what, what is the devil's role in all of this that's taking place? I, uh, if any of you have sent me any messages in Facebook, I'm sorry, I more than likely have not seen them. I, have been, I haven't been on Facebook. Anything you see from me from Facebook originated in Instagram and just jumped over there. Because every time that I was going on Facebook, I was depressed at the end of it. It was almost as depressed as it is to watch the news. And when you get to the end of the news, does anybody feel better about yourself and about the world? No, it's depressing. Uh, but what do we have to hope for? We, we have the ultimate hope. We have the hope that, that we are here for a purpose and that our lives matter to God and that things that we can do affect His kingdom every day. But we can't hide behind, I will say, our mask. <laughs> we, can't, we can't hide behind uh, the, uh, what's going on in the world. And it's tough to do. Every time you turn around, there's some new uh, wall that people are putting up. You got to wear your mask here. You can't go in here. Not enough. You know, too many people going in the building. You can't come in the building because of this or whatever it might be. But we've got to keep that hope and and, and uh, looking at people like Mary Magdalene, the fact that she continued to work, she didn't have to. Obviously, she had means. She had the ability to live her life and to live it uh, in some form of comfort. But she chose the tougher path the path that followed Jesus. After she was healed from those demons, uh, th- then she started following Jesus. She went from the state of, of sinfulness or of con- uh, uh, of contemption to the state of salvation or, or the state of being saved with uh, following Jesus the whole time. So what uh, if what else can we learn about? Uh, and we've probably covered the bulk of it uh, throughout our lesson, but uh, what can we learn? What things can we learn from Mary? Uh, as we've said, just as I said just a few moments ago, we we each have a job to do. Now, knowing that job sometimes is difficult. It's difficult when uh, it was difficult for me and Karen when our job was to put on a VBS and then the whole world shut down. Now, you know, so we, we have to examine, you know, we had to examine what we could do to move forward with something, with anything, you know. and uh, But what is your job? What are, what are the things that you used to do before all of this happened? Well, you might not be able to do them now. But there, there there is something that you can do. It may be something as simple as an encouraging word to someone, a card, a phone call. Do something to support the flock, to, to keep us strong, to keep that Uh, that sense of that positive nature going and moving forward. Uh, And the fact that uh, she was not, uh, she was not necessarily outspoken. Uh, She, she only spoke to the other women, you know, you don't hear her speaking to, uh, of course, to any crowds and this kind of thing. That would have been taboo uh, during that time anyway. But, uh, but look how she thrived in the area that she chose to work in. Um, the, um, when, or when we look at our lives, when we look at uh, how we're going to turn this corner, let's set ourselves some new goals. You know, uh, I know you love, you know, every time the new year comes around, you set your January 1, you set your resolutions. And then by the third, you know, half of them are gone. And then by the end of the month, you forgot what they were and you deny their existence. I didn't say that I was going to do that. That was all the way last year. But uh, as, we, as you look at how we're turning this corner, may, you know, eventually we're going to get past this. Eventually we're going to get to, I don't know what the new normal will be, uh, but hopefully it'll be better than what this is. But whatever the new normal is, that would be a time of sort of rebirth, of, of renewal, Think about what uh, what you can do. Maybe set you some uh, priorities or some uh, goals that I'm going to do this different. This is kind of a uh, a reboot, if you will. Uh, we can start over after this, uh, after we get past all of this, and try something new and try something better and bigger and bolder. Uh, let's let's think about this as a time of renewal of, and prepare yourself for that. Uh, the, uh, the only ones that I worry about as far as, uh, and I'm sure the elders have been worrying about this too, are those that are so used to not coming in, not coming to church, that they've decided that that may be how they decide to continue their existence. Now, if they're hampered in doing that uh, physically or in some other way, uh, then I don't think we can hold them at fault at all. Uh, but those that you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a very difficult line to, to, to find where you're talking about attending church and uh, staying at home. So we luckily have this streaming system and hopefully everybody's watching at home who's not able to be here tonight. But uh, uh, we've got to think about uh, maybe even pushing ourselves a little. You know how, how easy it was to, to worship before? It was going from one room to the next room and sitting down and you got your Lord's Supper with you and you watch the TV and you do that, you got the rest of your day and you're done. It's, it's kind of easy to get into a pattern that, I kind of like this. I think I'm going to stick with this. This is kind of cool. Well, uh, as a Christian, we are not called to do the easy. We're called to do the difficult. That is kind of our lot. That's kind of what we signed up for. And the difficult is braving that you know, putting that mask on and coming down here and hoping and, and worshiping with the rest of us or worshiping with the saints. And uh, you know how Gore, I, I, I almost couldn't I was singing that first time we came back, and I almost couldn't finish a couple of songs. It was so beautiful to hear those voices back again. Wonderful. So let's continue to think about that and think that uh, our, inten- our attendance is important. The, being here, letting people see your faces, or even half of your faces. Letting them see your faces when you come in. It's important. It, it, it speaks to people. Uh, find a part that you can play in the entourage of Jesus because no job is is uh, unimportant. Everything that you do in uh, in the church is important because everything you do is seen by someone you are and i've i've used this phrase before in in teaching our the, the the prayer class uh and i've heard it in many places but you may be the only bible that someone reads today you are the only example you may be the only example of christianity that someone sees today make that the best example you can be put your best foot forward make sure that you are uh you are living a way that is an example to others, that ex- it is exemplary. Um, but Mary is, uh, I, 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 w- I loved uh, learning about Mary Magdalene. There are so many other uh, people that played. Uh, I would say, you know, we would call them minor roles versus major roles, but minor roles that were still so important. And this is what I, I'm encouraging you to do. You don't have to be the, a big player, but get involved be a part of uh be a part of the church be a part of the congregation and uh like mary she was healed of demons uh she was healed of some affliction and uh, she then followed jesus we have that same opportunity you have that same opportunity tonight what uh and and i've used this phrase when i've uh, when i've talked to my sons about growing up i said everybody's got they're personal demons that they have to fight. And you have to fight them sometimes every single day. We all have them. Sometimes the demons win, but hopefully most of the time the demons lose. So if you have any of those personal demons, those things that are keeping you from being uh, the best Christian you can be, to be that example to others, to be the only Bible that someone reads today, if you are struggling with that, come forward. If you need our prayers, if you need any help at all, come forward as we stand and sing.